Hey, Jay. Yeah? Um, is it... I mean, I know we came to the movies together, but is it really necessary that you stand behind me while I urinate in the bathroom at the movie theater? Everything in theaters is about lines. You stand out. You stand in line outside. You stand in line at the food. You stand in line to get your tickets. I'm standing in line here. I'm just following the rules of the theater. But, I mean, to be fair, you did just pee right next to me, and you're done. So you're just instead just <laughs> standing directly behind me. I'm just really excited to record this episode. I know, but... Okay, so now that I'm done, let me flush the toilet. All right, now we can go back out to the main part of the theater because we are here at the multiplex because, honestly, we're here to talk about something that is the most exciting thing in the world. The Book of Henry? No. (laughs) Summer blockbusters, man. Summer blockbusters. And what better place to do it than right here at the trillion screen multiplex? Uh, And we're surrounded by at least... Five of these summer blockbusters right now. In the eye line, I can see uh, uh, a mechanical aliens movie. I can see a superhero movie. Uh-huh. I can see an underwater movie. And I can see some murder. And I can see three, count it, three animated children's films. Exactly. So what better place to dive in? Now, right. Q, with this episode... Mm. Are we talking about this year's summer blockbusters? No, no, because that's ridiculous. Because there's not enough to talk about. <laughs> Unless we yeah. want to count Transformers. Are they on five? This is five. Okay. Yeah. Unless we want to count it or not. Transformers five, like five times. They would count that as a summer blockbuster, but that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. And to be fair, uh, by the time we're recording this episode, we did find out the numbers, the opening weekend numbers, and it. It ain't it's no blockbuster not, numbers. It's not pretty. Um, yeah, man. Honestly, we're going to talk about what may be one of the greatest years ever in the history of summer blockbusters. And you know what's crazy about it is we had to go back almost 20 years to find it. it so funny or sad? Sad. <laughs> it's moody and stuff. stuff. I love your stuff. Weird stuff. Sensitive stuff. Taxing stuff. Evil stuff. Piffing little stuff. Heavy stuff. Big boy stuff. Super cool stuff you wouldn't understand. The right stuff. All right. So now we're sitting in the theater about to watch a movie. And on retrospect, this is about as bad of an idea as it was recording in the library. I agree, but the good thing about this is that we can talk and no one's going to really care because we're in a Transformers movie. Perfect. So we can, you know what? Let's, let's just, just do normal. it from normal just talk volume normal. because yeah. who cares? I mean, if Transformers I mean, is going on in the background. Those those people are making out. That guy's on his phone. Let's take I a think... real quick consensus. Does anybody care if we watch, if we record during this movie? You hear that? That's no one responding That's a whole... because the theater is empty. Yeah. Well, except for that one guy giving yeah. himself a hand job. And the guy, the couple over there making out and this guy over here on his cell phone. Right. Other than that. No one cares. Nobody cares. So, so we're, we're going to record gonna... our entire episode right here live <laughs> from <laughs> from Transformers 5. Recorded live from Transformers 5. That's right. High five. High five. Other stuff too. Summer of 89. That's right. Summer of 89. So you thought I was going to of... say five. But you were wrong. You didn't. And I was pleasantly surprised. <laughs> Even uh, though you knew what this was. Exactly. I know what episode this is. This is our our summer blockbusters episode, and we chose to pick what is widely regarded in some circles as... Uh, that's actually a contradictory. You can't say widely well, regarded in, in some, some circles. circles. Uh, it's really... Uh, he, it's, it's like otherworldly popular with like eight people. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but as one of the greatest summers for movies... 
on yeah. record. Which, honestly, I pulled up the list for our conversation, and I would have to agree. Yeah. Um, I'll go through some of these movies, and we can dive into more of them as we get in. But I do want to talk about summer blockbusters just in general as a concept with you. Okay. Um, because I think it's interesting. Me and my wife were actually talking about this recently, is that in it feels like, at least, within my lifetime, I've watched summer blockbusters sort of change what they were. You know, back in the 80s and 90s, you would have your big your big budget releases. You know, you'd have your James Bonds or you'd have your, you know, your superhero movies. Um, but th- it felt like there was a lot more of a mix back then. Oh, totally. Diversity amongst yeah. movies. Because now everything seems so... Formulaic? Formulaic, yes. Like, you know, the the movies that the studio doesn't care about is usually the beginning of the year with one or two gems hidden in. Well, it's exactly like what you said when we walked in the theater here. You were like, I can see the types of movies yeah. that are set up for the summer blockbuster. I see a superhero <laughs> film. I see a, you know, action film. I see a, another superhero yeah. film. I see three more superhero films. And I see uh, three kids animated movies. Right. Well, I mean, and it feels like because back... You know, in the 80s and 90s, a lot of of when I would be going to summer movies, it was just all you, you'd have cop dramas. You would have, you know, uh, sci-fi movies. You would have indie films with like deep messages. You would have action pieces. You would have comedies and like weird indie movies that get released. Nowadays, it feels like, you know, there's the summer release season near the end. That always includes, you know, a Harry Potter or a, uh, you know, nowadays a Star Wars. Sure. Um, but the summer movies seem nowadays to just be huge budget explosion movies and superhero movies. Sure. With some kid entertainment thrown in there. Um, but I don't know. I mean, have you noticed a change? Am I just making that up? Um, a, you are just making that up. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not a. It's but not I a also recognize theory. that that is that is a you speak you speak it a truth. Wow. Um, so here's the deal. I, I will agree with you, definitely. I also feel like, and I'm sure we're going to get just inundated with messages off of this statement and bring it, motherfuckers, but um, I feel like there was an era of, orig- of originality as mm. well. So beyond formulaic and beyond, um, you know, kind of cookie cutter, like we know this type of movie will be successful. We were getting original movie franchises started right. or, um, you know, installments in what have gone down now in the pantheon of movie history to be some right. of the greatest franchises of all time. Right. Um, I, I'm fairly confident. No one's going to consider transformers. One of the greatest, movie no franchises of all time no, no. it'll have um, its followers i'm sure sure but they all do there's a by the way i don't know if any of our fans know but we're not big fans of the transformers films transformers yeah oh the cart the original cartoon yeah, i can get, hell yeah i can get the behind toys? some transformers oh yeah i what i can't get behind is the michael bay transformers although i will say i did enjoy the first one the first one while a horrendous film. The special effects in it actually still to this day kind of hold up. Sure. So I, I can get behind it in that and saying like, oh, well, this gave us 
kind of something we hadn't seen before, but it was definitely in line with what I'd expected from Michael Bay. Sure, exactly. So. And now that um, basically I think Mark Wahlberg is starring out of uh, three out of every five summer blockbuster movies. I think so. He's got at least four in the theater <laughs> yeah, right he's now. He's got like all over the place. When he joins the Marvel and Star Wars universes, it's over. It's over. It's basically him and The Rock. <laughs> They're it'll like they they rule the summertime. It'll right be the Marcassants. <laughs> We're in the Ooh, midst of a Marcus. I hope not. That sounds terrible, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny though. Like now that you mentioned that, there was like a span of maybe a month or two where the not Boston Pride, but the one about the movie about the Boston bombing, and then his one about the oil rig. They all got released yeah. in the span of like three weeks. Yeah, exactly. And I think all of them made about the same amount of money, which was very low. Right. They were all also out of the theater within the same three weeks. <laughs> They're actually just shown it in the same theater split screen. Yes. All right. So anyway, besides the fact that we hate Transformers <laughs> and apparently have a deep seated loathe for Mark Wahlberg for some reason. <laughs> which I don't. Which we don't. <laughs> we um, really don't. Let's get back to the let's get back to the lesson at hand. Which was, is... Is that from 1989? I don't think so. Man, Man, I wish it was. If it was, I don't think so. that'd be nice. No, I think, I think we're well into the early 90s. Okay. Then. Well, we're not well into the early 90s for these movies that we're talking no. about. So we've, we've teased it. We've given people the tip. We just kind of stuck it in and then quickly pulled it back out. So please do me the honor. Tell, a, tell the people what some of the glorious movies that happened during the summer of 1989 were. Well, the summer of 89 was an interesting one because, just like you mentioned, we had some really unique, well-established franchises that were rolling out throughout this time period. But we had some really great original and independent and kid-fun movies as well. Um, the big ones that stand out, and we can dive into more as we go on, but Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Awesome. With, uh, I mean... That's it's gonna be. Oh, we'll hit on that. Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies. Bringing bringing to close what I consider the OG trilogy. Yeah, for real. Um, Ghostbusters two, mm-hmm. not quite as great as the first one, but I, I love that movie. Lots of people hate it, but I love it. Lethal Weapon two, oh, solid movie. Always fun. Never too old for this shit. Tim Burton's Batman. Hell oh. yeah. <laughs> we started the Batman craze. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, it can be said that he started in, in the 60s with let me, your show. Real quick, uh, let me tuck up, tuck up my bat boner into my waistband so <laughs> as not to make things awkward for you and I. I mean, that guy's got his boner out, so you're fine. That's cool. Um, Dead Poets Society mm. came out that year. Um, James Bond, License to Kill. Ooh. Um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. Yeah. Do the Right Thing. Nice. Weekend A Spike at, Lee joint. Yep. Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> oh, fuck. I love that movie. <laughs> when Harry Met Sally. I never saw that movie. It's remember we talked good. about this. Yep, pretty damn good. Still haven't seen it. Turner and Hooch. Oh, Tom Hanks. UHF. Uh, Weird Al. With, with gotta Weird love Al. some Weird Al. Uh, another fan favorite. Uh, Uncle Buck. Uncle motherfucking Buck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the he's the one your neighbors oh. call you to complain about. That's right. Uh, <laughs> R.I.P. John Candy. The Abyss. God damn it, that's a good movie. Sex Lies and Videotape. Oh man. Some Soderbergh, or early Soderbergh. Yeah. Jason Takes Manhattan. N- not as good. Not as strong. <laughs> and then the final one uh, is Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. Petering off. <laughs> I know. That's why we're at the end now. Completely petered off at that point. But, but yes. I mean, those are still big movies is yes. the thing. is e- Even Star Trek V that we joke about was the largest opening of any Star Trek to date at that yeah. time. I think basically was only matched by the J.J. Abrams one. Yeah, I agree. Totally. Um, so when we're looking at these movies, I mean, this was a stellar three months. 
You forgot Karate Kid Part 3. I did, but I actually purposely left that one off because I don't really like the third one. I gotcha. That's true. The first one's great. The second one's pushing it. The third one shouldn't exist. The third one is outright. And then the remake, also just as bad as the third uh, one. You forgot Next Karate Kid. Oh, right. No, I didn't. I purposely just pushed With, that from uh, my brain. Oh, man. What was her name? Hillary Swank. I was going to say Margot Robbie. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think she was born when these movies came out. <laughs> like, just being born. Yeah. Like currently, her mother was in labor while these movies were happening. Actually, her mother was you look watching. That up. I actually need her, to know how old she is. Her woman, her mom was watching karate, the next Karate Kid when she gave birth to Margot Robbie. That is true. Um, Margot Robbie is an astounding 15 years old. She is 26. So yeah. she was born in 1990. Yeah. So like I said, her mother was literally <laughs> pregnant with her. While watching these, while movies. watching these movies, I bet I bet Margot Robbie's mom watched Batman while she was pregnant with her. No oh. way she didn't. No way she didn't. Ooh. Twelve months within Man. twelve months after it Do came out. Do you think that's an immaculate batception? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think I, you she was what? born to be in the Batman universe? I do now. Fuck! I didn't think that before we started this Guys, episode. Stop the presses if that's still a thing that people do anymore. Margot Robbie colon. Immaculate Batception. <laughs> Born of the Batman film franchise. I love it. I'm into it. That would be... That's amazing. Thank you. It's, I'm brilliant. <laughs> uh, so just remember that. Uh, so yeah, so let's let's dig into some of these movies. Okay, well first, uh, actually, you know what? Strike that. Before we dig into some of these movies, let's talk about what summer blockbusters or summer of movies means to you and I. Okay. Because I don't know about you, but me... When I was growing up, the summer, when I'm out of school and I have the free reign to just spend my summers at the movie theater, not going to camp, which we've covered. Right. Because I've never been. Also, not playing sport ball because I was never good at any of that. Um, so, between sitting inside and staring at the television and going to the theater and watching movies, the summer was a very special time for me. So, what did it mean to you? Were you a big summy, summy, <laughs> were you a big summy movie watchy? <laughs> you know what? When it comes to summy movies, I was, I was. I mean, I was a huge fan. I, I share this in common with you, even though we didn't know each other growing up. But um, the summers was when almost every weekend I was trying to convince one of my parents to take me to a movie. Whether it's like, you don't even have to go. Just drop me off at the mall. You're shopping anyway. Let me go to the theater section in the food court. I'll watch a movie, and then you pick me up when you're done at Talbot's. Yeah. You know, that that was kind of what a lot of my summers were. I mean, even so much as when I got into high school um, and was able to drive around, like, that's what me and my friends did on the weekends. Like, the the people that managed the Regal near my house knew my face. For sure. Um, I mean, and then even to the point where... It was during the summer when me and my friends would get together and have movie marathons. There was one summer where a friend and me uh, just made the, the the challenge to ourselves to watch all of the AFI top 100 movies. Nice. So that was back in the years of Blockbuster. So we tracked down every single one and over three months watched them all. Nice. Like summer movies have all summer has always meant movies, movies. to some degree for me, which. You know, it makes me happy that there are weeks upon weeks of releases that usually make me thrilled to go back to the theater like we had wonder woman recently we're gonna you know we're gonna have uh, dark tower coming up even though that's probably gonna be bad we've got spider-man homecoming coming up like there's always things like tent poles to have me look forward to something as the summer progresses totally and i will agree with that statement um 
and I will I will second it that you know like I said movies have always or summertime has always meant movies to a certain extent for me and so that's why I'm really excited to talk about this kind of phenomena which unfortunately to a certain extent has kind of died out right. um, you know there aren't really a lot of there aren't really a lot of summers where I'm just like, man, there's like seven movies in the theater right now that I want to go see yeah. all of them. You know, every once in a while they they're kind of parse them out like, you know, Wonder Woman hit. And I'm like, yeah, I definitely want to go see Wonder Woman. Yep. And we saw it and we can once again say fantastic solid flick. Listen to all of our advice. Go see Wonder Woman. Solid flick. May I also recommend um, and I believe it by the time this episode hits, it will have just come out. Definitely go see Baby Driver. Oh yeah, you got to see an early screening that of is, that. That is totally a summer movie. Like yeah. I am one hundred percent in in the vein that that should that is the kind of summer blockbusters that I want from here yeah. on out. Faux show. Um, I mean, and and honestly, that kind of goes back to what I was saying before. In the past, it would be all these studios competing to have the best movie open on the weekend, and so you'd have things, you know, like. You'd have all over the spectrum, so you'd have a Jason Takes Manhattan and a Weekend at Bernie's and a Batman and a Ghostbusters 2 all open on the same weekend. Right. Um, because they were just vying for what would compete best. But nowadays, you know, and we hear about studios pushing back releases of movies like weeks upon weeks because they don't want it to open up with a movie that just got a lot of buzz. It's like, no, put it out there, compete. Give people the option to get out of their house and experience the theater. Right. And I think, honestly, a lot of it is because we've lost that connection to the movie theater. Which you and I are a huge champion of. Yeah, I mean, it, movies deserve to be seen in the, in those formats. They deserve to be seen with as much majesty as you can give them if I want to get, like, really deep on it. But, you know... And, I, you know, you and I, we agree. Part of the reason, shameless plug, that we are now hosting our monthly high five home movie nights at the crying wolf in East Nashville, the first Sunday of every month <laughs> um, is because we truly believe that movies are a communal experience. Yes. They should be shared with friends and family and the rest of your community. It's something to be enjoyed with a yeah. group of people. Well, and there's, it's 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 the best thing to ever happen to film, and the worst thing to ever happen to film is this deluge of access we've been given. So oh, you totally. have things on Netflix. You have you can watch movies on your phone. You can get early, um, you know, released copies of films before they're even meant to be seen, and you can watch them by yourself anywhere at all times from your phone. You from used your to iPad. Have, you used to have to go to these places to watch, and there were two movie watching experiences. There was the theater. And there was at home. Yeah. And, and usually, home meant on your television. Because, with people. Right. Because with you, others. You were not just, there was no streaming. There was right. no internets for this. I mean, and you can, you can see this in action. If you go see a funny movie in the theater and everybody's laughing and it's like the funniest movie you've ever seen. If you watch that movie by yourself, it's not nearly as funny because you're missing out on what's supposed to be a part of the experience. Oh, I agree. One of the best things that I, I can say, one, a movie that I feel most definitely benefited from the communal movie watching experience. Now, while not a summer movie, um, a fantastic film nonetheless was get out. Oh yeah. I saw that in the theater and I cannot, I cannot put emphasis enough that I feel like that, that my viewing experience benefited so much from seeing that with a large group of people. Um, it We had things to talk about. 
Um, just the vibe in the movie was great. It was just an awesome experience overall. Yeah, and, and I agree. I mean, there. do you remember, and I don't remember if this was a summer or not, but when Titanic came out. Yes. You remember those news stories? Is like so-and-so has seen Titanic in the theater 28 times. Yes. And like people were following this guy. I saw it eight <laughs> times. Did you really? Eight times. You? Yes. Wow. Eight times different that's dates. incredible <laughs> <laughs> that's the okay that's that's funny um i actually okay here's a funny here's an interesting story about this is there was one summer i was not able to stay in town where i went to college and i had to come home for the summer uh-huh. and i was just gonna work and earn money and then go back to school i was single at the time and i made a commitment to have a different date every friday night and go see a different movie every week of the summer i made it about six weeks but it was all of my challenges, <laughs> Hashtag humble brag, yeah, all about, but all my, even my challenges and things are built around movies. Sure. It was take, go to movies. Right. And it's just that idea seems to be gone now. I don't, I remember hear- when I, when I, that, I mean, I based basically, I, you know, you and I have had this, <laughs> this conversation. Um, I used to base time off of movies. So, or That's television right. shows. That's and right. And you did the same thing. Yes. So it was totally like, I would be like, oh man, so I got to sit here for like three and a half hours. That's like, that's like a, a solid Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> or know? I would be, it'd be like a, you know, a 45 minute long lecture class. And it's like, that's like a sitcom and a half. Right. Yeah. You'd, you'd remember it by that. But anyway. Okay. So movies, summer <laughs> movies, we digress yet again. Uh, we're all over the place. Whoa. We're dancing crazy. Look at us. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I think it's valid because this is what this conversation is. It's about the experience of summer blockbusters. And I don't feel like a summer blockbuster season exists without a movie theater. I just watched a video this morning um, because, you know, the passion is dying for theaters and people are looking for new ways to do them or, you know, new experiences to have when, you know, it should just be experience enough to go see it in this grand format. But, um, yeah, I just saw a video this morning of like four K X. Have you heard of this? Uh, uh, it's like a theater. That's like one of those rides in Disney world where the seats move along with the movie. The seat in front of you sprays like mist and perfume in your face to make you smell what's going on on screen. And then it like rains and does fog from the theater. That sounds amazing. It does. But I mean, these are the types of things that we're now creating because just going to the theater and seeing a fantastic movie isn't enough anymore. No, I understand that. But on the same token, like, I'm not going to be angry at the fact that there's all these cool new, like, advances in technology regarding our movie viewing experience. Of I've course seen, not. I've seen, um, I know movie theaters, they they all have, like, the IMAX. You got standard. You got 3D. You got IMAX. You got RPX. You got, like, big, big D, D. Real D. You know, all this. Lots of everybody getting the D. <laughs> um, but you've got all this stuff where back in the day you had... It was literally like, hey, we've got 12 screens showing different movies. Wow. Hey, and outside of this one, we have a seven-foot-tall cardboard cutout of Batman. Check it out. <laughs> you want to get your picture taken with, <laughs> with it? With actual Batman? <laughs> yes. Um, so speaking of which, let's dive into this summer. Yes. Because we've talked quite a bit about just summer movies in general, but this summer is something special. Now, I have to admit, when this summer, 89, I wasn't of age to go to movies by myself to really call the shots uh, in this. So the two that really jumped out at me that I saw multiple times in the theater (coughs) 
were Honey, I Shrunk the Kids mm. and Batman. Mm. I, for me, it was Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Batman, and Ghostbusters 2. Yeah, Ghostbusters 2 was actually one. I don't think I saw it multiple times in the theater, but that was a big one for me. I know it gets a lot of hate, but I kind of like Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2. Um, you know, and the, the main thing I hear about it is that it's a, a carbon copy of the first one, which, you know, to be honest, it's kind of okay because the first one is great. Yeah, no, 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 I'm fine with it. Um, honestly, so regarding mo- a lot of these movies that came out, you got Ghostbusters 2, um, Indiana Jones, The oh. Last Crusade. A lot of these are what are, are entries in film series that are considered by the masses to be the weaker or some of the weaker. Right. I know that um, uh, The uh, Last Crusade definitely has its detractors. There are people who are like, that's not a great film. Right. I know, I think most of the hate is focused on Temple of Doom. I think that other than Kingdom right. of Crystal Skull, I think usually people rate them like um, the... Uh, Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, Ark of the Covenant. Last Crusade, Temple of Doom, and then way down, way, 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 way down, way down. Which, by the way, can I throw out there that they have officially greenlit Indiana Jones five? I did see that, and I am hesitant. And they are saying that it for sure will have Harrison Ford. That's the only way. At seventy five, yeah, it's or the only way. Seven, however old he is, he's very old. <laughs> I wonder if he's going to demand that they kill him in this one, too. <laughs> that would be a weird way to take the franchise. I mean, they've got to get rid of him somehow. Honestly, I'm still of the ilk and like, feel free to hate on me if you want. I'm still OK with if they were for a while, they were talking about doing like a prequel series, like a young yeah. Indiana Jones thing or younger. They've already done a young Indiana Jones. But I was I, I was kind of in line with a Chris Pratt Indiana Jones. I could do a Chris Pratt. But what about a real young and do that Alden Egbert? From Baby Driver. Oh shit! What do you think I'd about that? Totally, Imagine him in the cap. I'd be totally into that. Or the because fuck, Indiana Jones, or fuck the guy that they got for the Han Solo movie. Yeah, just let him do all of <laughs> all of the prequel Harrison Ford movies. Blade Runner, the prequel. Witness the prequel. <laughs> yeah, I'm into it. What lies beneath the prequel? <laughs> that that is actually a prequel to that story, probably. What lies above? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Starring that guy, whatever his name is. Um, yep. I don't remember his. I name. I don't remember his name either. But yeah, because I mean, Chris Pratt. I like him. I think he would do a great job. But Indiana Jones isn't really a beefcake. No, he's just kind of a normal, fit. Yeah, but he's he's smart guy. He's, he's quippy. He's quippy, and he's handsome. And 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 Alden Egbert isn't either of those yeah, things. Yeah, he is. I so, think, so I think so his shut your mouth. All all. Uh, uh, Ansel, El- Ansel Ansel Elgort Man I was Alden Egbert <laughs> <laughs> You know what It's a weird damn name And <laughs> I was really a, close a weird, And a I was name. close um, But I really like I mean Let's talk about Indiana Jones um, Last Crusade for a sec First off uh, It's got Sean Connery Which come Indiana on Jones father And he's great and he, in it Shinya Dr. Connery Shinya no. What does he call Doc, him? Doctor Doctor Jones. What is Jr. it that he calls him that that he doesn't Ju- like? Junior. 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 Yeah. Don't call me Junior. Junior. And then you find out that he was he took his name from the or he got his name from the dog. dog. Yeah. Which is awesome. But then you also have like they really went the prequel like kind of setup with that 
in that they showed how he got his like Harrison Ford scar, which yeah. is not an Indiana Jones scar. That's a Harrison Ford scar. Right. So they were now incorporating <laughs> Harrison that. Ford's life. Like they were like, no, this yeah. is his. This is an yeah. Indiana Jones attribute now. They also established where his fear of snakes comes from. Totally. He when fall- he falls into that circus. Yeah. That circus how he thing. gets his whip is yeah. how he gets his scar on his chin. Yep. Um, they he gets the hat in that movie that's a, that was an important day they like legitimately <laughs> set up all of like all of the staples that make indiana jones what he is they were like here is all of them do you want to know something embarrassing what okay so um and i'm actually going to tie this to a previous episode that we did one year at summer camp mm. they had a talent competition quote-unquote talent competition you could do anything you wanted some people juggled some people did magic some people read scripture what me and a friend did <laughs> is we reenacted a scene from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade word for word as a dramatic reading. Excellent. And we did the scene where they're tied <laughs> together to the chairs and having uh-huh. that argument yes. while the fire is burning up around them. So we uh-huh. had like fans with red and orange paper going like in front of us to look like fire. Fantastic. And we were both in chairs like spinning our heads back and forth around and we recited the scene word for word and then scene closed and we fell over and broke our chairs did you crush it oh we crushed it we did not place um (laughs) or get much appreciation whatsoever but we crushed it we fucking nailed it we nailed it it was pretty much a hollywood screener that's amazing at that point that's nice but yeah so this is this is how much this summer of movies affected me um but it's, it's like these movies stayed with me forever i can't see the uh, the Statue of Liberty and not think of Ghostbusters 2 when they spray well, goo. let's talk about that for a second. And they make it walk so across that, that bay. So speaking of Ghostbusters 2, uh, that's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty much Ghostbusters 2 Secret of the Ooze. It was. The uh, pink ooze. Right. And uh, basically the whole gist is you've got, uh, was it Vigo? Oh, hell yeah, of, it was Vigo. Uh, of Carpathia. Yes. Um, and he basically was a painting. He was. Who... Came to life and could control Peter McNichol. Well, the the spirit of the barbarian that that painting is of was inside the painting. Yes, and that's what the painting didn't come to life. Right, his spirit embodied it with power, and then yes. and then possessed. So Vigo Mortensen <laughs> possessed Peter McNichol. Uh, Peter Dinklage. Yes, uh, to to have him steal a baby. Yeah. A really ugly baby. Dana Barrett's baby, yes. a.k.a. Sigourney Weaver. Oscar, that was the baby's name. Not something they won for the movie. Oddly, not Peter Vinkman's baby. No. Just another baby that she had had in the span <laughs> of Two years. the first movie and this movie. So I mean, their, like, their relationship fizzled real quick after she was she not a dog anymore. immediately got pregnant. <laughs> right. <laughs> she was just like, you know what I want? Not you and to be a And mom. a baby. <laughs> um, one of that movie actually has one of my favorite lines in the whole Ghostbusters saga. Uh-huh. Now with three movies, is when um he, uh, the oh shit the the guy from Honey I Shrunk the Kids what, Rick Moranis? Rick Moranis when he's in court as a character witness for from the first for movie? them and then he's like one time I got turned into a dog and they helped me <laughs> and like that's like his whole testimony. <laughs> It's delivered so well. It just was one of my favorite lines that me and my dad would repeat That's over and so over and over again. Good. But That's I mean, so I I liked it. At, you know, the slime. I was a kid at the time, so the slime was you got the fun. Pink slime and, and when they would play, around. play different music, it would react different. Or if yeah. you would like shout, 
there at was, each other, yell. It would like yeah. there were rivers of blood in the sewer. Like yeah. it was, it That's was. Sli- that was cool. slime too. Yeah, it was pink. Slime, okay, not blood. It looked like blood at you some made, point. You made it so much darker. Well, no, there's rivers of blood somewhere in that movie. Do you remember when they were just sailing on corpses down the river <laughs> in the sewer? They were just like, they had like erected sails no, of the human su- flesh. No, the sewer was the river Styx, bro. Oh, fuck. Mind, I think there was rivers of blood somewhere. It may have just been blown. in the painting or it may okay. have just been referenced. Yes, there were, there were rivers of blood in the painting. Yeah, that's behind. Where, that's where it is. Behind Vigo Mortensen. Yeah. Um, before he, that was way before the Lord of the Rings trilogy. It, it was that was when he was Lord of the Carpathians. Oh shit! Hey. I see what you did there. Um, so that was a really solid flick. I like that. Um, speaking of Rick Moranis, that's a great. Honey, segue I shrunk the kids. Honey, I shrunk the kids. I I know the the hate that this movie gets, and I know it's very much based in nostalgia that wait, I wait, think wait, it's wait, good wait, at whoa, all. Whoa, 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 whoa! Back back up that train. This movie gets hate. I believe that most critical assessors of film do not think it a very good movie. I will disagree with all of them vehemently. No, so will I. I love it. I also, I don't think I've ever met a person in my life, nor do I want to, that was ever like, hey man, what's your feeling on, uh, what's your gauge on Honey, I Shrunk the Kid? And they're like, no, fuck that. Fuck that movie in its (laughs) tiny, shrunken down asshole. (laughs) Here's what I'll say about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And in that scenario, you're fucking the kids. Um, Yikes. (laughs) I just want to put that out there. Zoinks. Here's what I'll say about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. It definitely won the popular vote. Oh, for sure. But it didn't get elected. No. So that's what I'll say about it. I I love Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I'm not even ashamed to admit that when Auntie dies... I tear up a little bit. Oh man, it's so sad. And I remember when they find that fucking uh, what is that? Like the pup, the um, it's like a moon pie or a is it a moon pie? It is a moon pie, and it's like <laughs> or a it's big, something similar. It's like like a chocolate cookie, or with, it's like a ding dong, or an or Oreo. It's something maybe? like it might be an Oreo because I remember they had like the chocolate yep. cookie part, and then they had the big like cream yep. filling. It's totally part. an Oreo. And then they're the, at one part they're sleeping inside a Lego. Yeah, and, it's just great. Uh, the idea of. The idea of everything being so gigantic to my mind at that time was so appealing and weird and crazy. I remember when they built the like Honey I Shrunk the Kids zone in yeah. one of the theme parks in Florida. Yeah. And it was like you could slide down the leaves. A giant like, roll of film. It was awesome. They had a giant Cheerio. Yeah. I played in that. I remember at that theme park, as a matter of fact, um, when I was a kid, I went there and uh, I slid down the giant roll of film and somebody had taken a human sized shit at the bottom of it. Um, was so it was, like a giant shit? No, no. It was a normal human sized poop. <laughs> Just right at the bottom of it. <laughs> How does someone get away with shitting at a park? I don't know. I don't know, man. Do you but think he's? I, I just remember sl- I was coming down and my parents freaked out. <laughs> yeah, and they like were trying to like get me to like scoot to one side because I mean it's a wide slide. It's probably like a six foot wide slide, and they were like, "Get over to the left side. There's a poop down here. There's a p- watch out for poop. Someone is taking a dump on the Kodak." I just like the idea of. Of like your mom or your dad diving in slow motion like in a cop drama no. going no and like jumping landing on the poop before you get there yeah, they like deflecting the bullet and it and it splooshed all over their face just like when the kids from this movie jump in the giant mud puddle right. and it just like covers them in dookie water <laughs> yeah it's basically the same exact <laughs> exact scenario. Same thing. Um, but, but yeah no this was one that it really was and this kind of felt like a big 
it's weird to say, but like a big summer movie because it was about the summer. It was it was big in scale, yeah. pun intended. The, um, the special effects were great. I loved them at the um, time. I mean, the only movie I've seen do it better was 1958's Attack of the Puppet People. Then <laughs> that's a classic. And that's uh, a classic. That movie. Let me tell you what. <laughs> in regards to tiny sized human interacting with normal sized objects, right. huh, cutting sure. edge. It's it's masterful to behold. I'll say that. Um, but yeah, I mean, this one, this one, and now at the time I, you know, I didn't watch or appreciate weekend at Bernie's or UHF, but now, like, as I get older, like I really enjoy both of those movies. I was a big fan of UHF as like a four or five year old. I sure was. That's amazing. Um, my parents had zero standards, (laughs) so I was able to watch whatever I wanted to watch. Um, cause I was raised by the television (laughs) and movies and and, and television. Don't care. Yeah. Television. Don't give a shit. Uh, no, UHF is a big one for me. I was a massive Weird Al fan growing up. Like, so was I. Major Weird So was Al I. Fan. I loved his show, and I had all his albums. Yep, I have a show on DVD now, currently. It's, it's good shit. But that, that actually came, like, way later. Yeah. Um, but uh, Weird Al for me was, like, awesome. And this movie, now, when I saw it originally as a kid, I didn't get how subversive the movie yes. is. Yes. But it is way subversive, and it talks about a lot of really weird things. And it had Kramer pre like uh, racist freak right. out. This is like pre this is pre, pre Seinfeld mm, Kramer. I actually I think this might have been happening like right really? around. Really? Yeah, because when did when did Seinfeld 91, start? One, I think. Was it okay? Something so like yeah, so I mean, we're talking within a year span. Yeah. He would go on to do Seinfeld, um, but is a weird fucking movie and. Not a great movie, like, but it's fun though. It is very fun and very weird, and it has it has a cavalcade of late eighties, early nineties stars. Yeah, Henry cavalcade, uh, it, a Henry cavalcade, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, I like that one. It was pretty solid. Good job. Um, so we've got that. Um, now we've got to talk about one of the best movies ever, yes. which is Batman. I mean, of course, we we've saved. Da- we we've saved bat this. danced yeah. around Batman. I mean, come on, we 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 don't have all day to talk about these, but we have to get to Batman. Yeah. Batman is one of those <laughs> movies for me. When I saw this movie, it I would say this kind of like started my love of Batman. Now, prior to watching this, my parents had procured a couple copies of um, I think they were maybe even some bootlegged of the 66 Batman series, which you, which we all know you love. I love very much. And because Adam West is my, is my yeah. Batman. Um, and then they, I had a copy of the 66 Batman movie nice. that I watched pretty regularly. Nice. Like that was one of my, like my parents used to have like lay down, get ready for bed movies right. for me as a kid. And that was one of my get ready for bed movies. Like that's I would a good just one. Pop on nineteen sixty six Batman, and I'd fucking go to sleep. Um, so seeing this was definitely far more intense uh, version. I mean, really seriously, so much darker, right? Than the sixty six Batman. But Burton was in a. This is heyday Burton. Oh, for sure. This is back when. Like almost everything he put out was gold. Like yeah. this is in the realm of before it started to sort of be cringeworthy. What would come out under his name? Absolutely. And so <clears throat> this movie was amazing. I mean, it, it was unlike anything we had ever <clears throat> seen. And to be honest, up until this point, 
aside from your 66 Batman movie and some of your campier, I think they put out like a, a Spider-Man movie in the 70s right. and there was a, the 80s Hulk. And there's like a Wonder Woman thrown in there every, right. every now and then. But before then, those were all super campy, super light yeah. takes on superheroes. And this took it in a drastically different direction. And it was very, I mean, Tim Burton had that way of capturing the comic book look and feel. It was almost like a pre-Robert Rodriguez Sin City. Totally. But for the Batman universe. Like, oh. the way he art directed it, the way the buildings looked, the way the scenes were shot. It super felt, stylized. Yeah, it felt super like a comic the top, book. Super big. The only regret that mm. I have from the, the Burton run of movies is that I never got to see a Billy D. Williams Harvey Dent Right, Two-face. that would have been great. And that was they were setting that. I up, know, and I was like, oh, amazing. And then Schumacher came in and just fucked it. And they were all like, up. you know who we should get instead? Tommy Lee Jones. Right, you great know. actor, to- but totally. not not a great Two Face. I don't. Yeah, well, I mean, not a terrible Two Face. I mean, of the post Burton Batman's, that one's the best. That one is the better. Of that the one. Two. That one is. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, wait, the- no, I thought he did three. No, he did Batman Forever, Batman and Robin. And, and there then, wasn't another one after no, that? No, that okay. he did two. Why did I think there were more than that? My wife. I thought there was one more. I think it's because the last two, you were just like, wow, this feels like five movies. It does. This is I too, think that's what it too was. too many. I think that's what it was. But yeah, I mean, both of the Burton Batmans were really good, cast extremely well. Yeah. I mean, Jack Nicholson, we talked about it on our Joker episode, was a very good representation of Solid. that Joker. Very much so. And then uh, Michael Keaton, weird, out of left field choice. But Super good. Totally worked. I mean, and we're in a Keaton sense now, and I, it's it's very well deserved. Like I loved when he played, you know, the washed in Birdman, the washed up superhero, like totally. super I mean, meta. It, mir- it mirrored his Batman life. It was his pretty persona. pretty great. Um, but I mean, do you have any memories of of any of the flicks that we've discussed? I mean, those are, we've talked about a lot of my memories. Batman and Honey, uh, I Shrunk the Kids, and Indiana Jones were the ones that we went to see. Those are the ones I remember vividly waiting in line for but you know something we talked about earlier is that there was such a a fantastic mix of films even if i didn't see them or appreciate them at the time like with all of these great funny movies and great action movies that and and groundbreaking turns for different directors like bat with batman you know we have dead poet society which is one of the most powerful movies ever start doing a drastic turn for you know, Robin Williams at the time. Totally. But it's a beautiful film, not what you would think of as a summer blockbuster, but it was. Um, you have, you know, When Harry Met Sally, which is considered one of the best romantic comedies of all time. Still um, haven't seen it. Still, I mean, I don't want to say it kicked off Rob Reiner's career because that was really standby me, yeah. but this was another in a successful line of Rob Reiner's A Great Director films. Let's not do the right thing. And forget, do the right thing. Right. I was wondering where you were going with that. But yes, yeah, Spike Lee was really sort of, you know, finding his own around here as well. Weekend at Bernie's. But can I say, I much love the sequel to Weekend at Bernie's. Where he dances to uh, to- Calypso music. Totally. Weekend at Bernie's. Weekend at Tropical Bernie's is my favorite. <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's was a movie that I loved, but mainly because it was one of the films that was always on during the summer on USA when I sure. was at home. So I saw the television version a whole lot. Let's be honest. What a weird fucking concept for a movie. Oh, but come on. Terry Kaiser's great in it. And Jonathan Silver. They're like, no, it's so filthy. Got it. These too. two guys are going to go over there. This guy's going to get murdered. And they're just going to have to pretend that he's alive for the rest of it's the movie. It's so hilarious. It's so fucked up. And then the third one or the second one, they're like, 
even better, let's put a voodoo curse on him, and he will actually be alive, but yeah. only kind of. Like he'll be, he won't be able to talk or open he'll his just eyes. Just do bad white man dancing. Right. He'll be like one of those little robots you buy at the dollar store that just kind of runs into walls <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> yeah. I yes. No, I didn't. Like I said, <laughs> yes. it didn't come into contact with Weekend at Bernie's until well into the '90s when it was in syndication. But I mean, for it to come out. To have it be so quirky and weird in the same time frame. I feel so bad. I almost feel like we need to do to turn this into a two-parter because there's <laughs> so many other movies. I mean, fucking The Abyss, man. The Ab- I mean, <laughs> The Abyss. And the the special effects on that movie with the, like, water yeah, spout Yeah, the water thing. head. Holy shit, man. That stuff is so good. Um, but, I mean, you've got Parenthood yeah. came out that summer. You've got... Another uh, great Steve Martin turn. Absolutely. Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child. Yeah. Ooh. If it, if it was Dream Warriors, it'd be the best summer ever. Um, I mean, Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Yeah, came out Steven the same Soderbergh's summer. first movie. I mean, it's just this summer really encapsulated just all the studios putting their best work forward. forward. Totally. Um, and, and I wish that we could get back to that. Like, I want to see that again. I want to be in a position where it's like, oh, there's... Five or seven just great movies in the theater that I have to see hey right man, now. I'm going to have an on-air idea right now of how High Five can help to fix this. I say, starting next year, since we're already well into the summer now, for our High Five home movie nights, we focus on some of our favorite summer blockbuster movies. That would be awesome. I like it. We'll St- do a, we'll stay do a summer tuned, blockbuster folks. series. Stay tuned, because that shit is coming your way to a multiplex near You're you. You're going to need to write that down. <laughs> multiplex near you in 3D. And by 3D, we mean in person. You'll just have to be there watching the movie. <laughs> Yay! Woo-hoo! So that's it, man. That's the end of uh, this conversation regarding summer movies because, thank God, Transformers 5 is over. <laughs> yes. Oddly enough, the shortest in the series. It's basically <laughs> just a series of, of action scenes strung together. They've completely cut out plot or dialogue. It's just Mark Wahlberg making a freaked out face running from one place to another <laughs> while giant robots crash behind him and then Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> but he doesn't say anything. It just, to black. it just shows up and it's just like, oh shit, Anthony Hopkins. This movie actually has some sort of weight and gravitas to it. Credits. Credits. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it, By the way, um, P.S. I heard that uh, John Turturro came back for this movie. Really? Yeah. He's like in the movie here. He just came to set in and the movie. He just expected. No, to be it's in not. It. Like, he just watched it in yeah. a theater the would, over opening weekend. I would love it. John Turturro shows up on set and they're like, no, no. What are you doing <laughs> right. here? You just did the night of. It <laughs> yeah. was like critically acclaimed. You Why are you here? Be, you and he's like, oh, here. I just followed Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> he also just did critically acclaimed work on Westworld. I think someone may have sent me the the script by accident because I read through it and I don't have any lines in the movie, but I just assumed I was supposed to be once again. I blame these talented actors for continuing Michael Bay (laughs) being able to work in Hollywood. We almost had him gone. Just say no. (laughs) After this movie, you know what? He's probably just going to have to say no or finally say that, no, we're totally doing Bad Boys 3, and people will be like, yay. The best part is, uh, uh, once again, this this whole episode has just turned into a really weird reason for us to bash Michael Bay and Transformers, but I feel like after all of the recent Transformers, Michael Bay has been like, all right, this is it. This is the last one. I'm not doing it anymore. And everybody's like, okay. And then he's like, oh, psych. I'm coming back and doing another one. Aren't you guys excited? And everybody's like, not really. Like, (laughs) you said you were done. And, like, I know you probably wanted us to, like, cry and moan, but 
like we're fine with it. Like you can stop now. You, <laughs> you, Michael Bay, you can go home. It's okay. You can go home now. You're done. You've done. You did your work. We appreciate it, kind of. <laughs> and you can go home. Rest your little Michael Bay head. <laughs> your penance is paid. You're done. Just go. Yeah, it's fine. The world does not mourn the loss of continued Transformer yeah. movies. It's it's okay. Make another pain and gain. That's fine. That movie was okay. Make The Rock 2 for all we yeah. care. Make another, what, what did he do with that war movie, 13 Hours? Oh, yeah, uh, on Benghazi? Yeah, with yeah. Uh, with Jim from The <laughs> Office. Yeah. That's the only thing people know about. Yeah, it. that's fine. Do another one of those. That's fine. It's fine. Just, it's just good. fine. Just no or more. Or just go away. Right. Right. Like we should probably do. Yeah, maybe <laughs> you should just like trans shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Autobots, go home. <laughs> Roll out. <laughs> and by out, we mean out of cinemas forever. Don't come back. All right. Anyway, so yeah, so we're done with this. The movie's over. But before we leave the theater... Let's answer some five by fives. Yeah, we've got some five by five questions for everybody not familiar with five by five. It's when you can ask the show questions using the hashtag ask high five on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever. And we will just the Internet. Just just type it into Google or just save it in a Microsoft Word document. We'll get it. Shout it real loud. And uh, and we will answer them on the air. And we actually have a couple uh, for this. And oh, if you want us to give you a shout out on the show, let us know. We can use your handle, and we will, just like this next guy. And, and you'll get that sweet ass high five yeah. social media bump. Whoop! You know you need it among your circle of friends. So this question is from at Hitch underscore Daniel. Nice. And his question is: We just rewatched the first Police Academy film. Recast and reboot Police Academy as any genre. Fuck. And try and get three cameo appearances in there. All right. So, you want to go halvesies on this? I think yeah. I think we could we could answer this question. Now, what roles are we casting? Because surely we're not going to do the entire Police Academy cast. Oh, of course not. I think like Mahoney, Hightower, okay, Thompson, the Kim Cattrall role. Yep. Um, man, who was Booger? Oh fuck, I don't remember his name. Uh, his character, and then the Michael Winslow character. Okay. All right. So <laughs> let's see here. I'm I'm also gonna pull up. Uh... So first, we need to decide on a genre for the reboot. I, I, you know what I say? Because I'm still in training day mode. I say we go for like gritty, realistic cop drama. You know what I mean? Like, Actually, because they're always rebooting things into like, like with Baywatch, they rebooted it into a comedy. Let's like reboot a, a comedy into a drama. You know what? I'm kind of on board for that, but let me add a, a wrinkle. Okay. I think it could be really fun as an indie drama. Like so like a, an end of watch style? Uh, it, kind of like an end of watch. Maybe think short term 12 set at a police academy. <laughs> Okay. Like an indie film where it's really focused on the characters and what they're going through. Okay, so this is no longer about like the thing. This is about th- these characters. Okay, yes. This story is about these characters' experience at the police academy. We may not even leave the police academy we might not. during the duration we of might the not. film. We might not be going full metal jacket on this where we're showing both. It might just no. be the first half. It just takes place in the year's worth of I don't know how long yeah. do you go to police academy for? Say eighteen months. Yeah. The eighteen months that you may or may not go to police academy <laughs> for to become a police officer, that's what it takes place on. And it's just a really nuanced character film. Yeah. Is that what you're thinking? I, that's exactly what I'm All thinking. Right. I'm into it. So, so 
Um, obviously, I think if we're doing it that way, it would be smart to focus on the girl as the main character. Okay. So let's we can focus. And I, because I mentioned short term twelve, now I can only imagine Brie Larson doing it. <laughs> but I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. No, I could totally get behind that. A strong, a strong woman that doesn't put up with any shit. Going through the police academy that is a, a, a dominated by male environment, I think right. I think that'd be good to focus around. Um, because I recently saw Baby Driver and I'm super into it, and I know that he has comedic, or I mean, he has dramatic chops. I'm gonna say Jamie Fox as Hightower. Ooh, I was gonna I was thinking Idris Elba for him, but I like Jamie Fox. Now I feel like oh, you know what? No, r- scratch that. Idris Elba. Let's go Jamie Fox as. Uh, Larvell Jones, Michael Winslow's character. Yeah. Right? Because he, he can be bombastic, bombastic. But at the same time, he can also bring that like drama yeah. to it. And then Idris Elba as, as Hightower. Hightower. He's, he's just he'd be a great Hightower. Serious. He's a good cop in um in Zootopia. Yeah. He's a bad cop in Luther. <laughs> <laughs> but in a very good way. Yeah, in a great way. Um, okay, so we've got that. Now, what about a Mahoney? Mm. Mahoney's kind of tough because he has to have... Kind of that smarm to him. Mm-hmm. What about Miles Teller? Miles Teller. I think he could do that quick, sarcastic, like re- retort, rebuttal. I'm my own. So, so, man. so the characters are basically at their core going to remain the same. Yeah, but they're just going to be a non-comedic version. Yes, just a very serious. So, version. like Miles Teller in the Spectacular now. Yeah, I could get behind where that. he he's like has a frontward face that's very you know jovial and fun and popular like a Gutenberg, but he has like some really dark demons behind him that Brie Larson helps bring to the fold. Yeah, I was gonna, I was also gonna say I I, I like that casting choice a lot. I could also get behind a Jake Gyllenhaal in this role, and I think that's just because I was thinking end of watch because he can do quippy and he can. And I mean, did you, do you remember Nightcrawler? Oh yeah, for sure. And he's he's a fucking schmarmy. He can do whatever he wants. Quippy douchebag in that movie. Yeah. Um, but he can also be very endearing, like yeah. in Donnie Darko. You know, I'd be fun with Bubble either Boy of those. Even. I think age wise, Miles Teller might be closer to what we're going like with Brie Larson. But then Jamie Foxx is that's and, what I'm saying. Elba are, are above. I could get on board for either. Do you have a strong feeling either way? Let's go. Let's go with your pick. Let's okay. go, Miles Teller. Let's okay. Wait, so Miles Teller, Brie Larson, Idris Elba, and Jamie Fox. Yep. And then we got to do the schlub um, booger character. All right. Let's see. Uh, so I mean, we've got our regular staple of actors like Galifianakis would come to mind really quickly for that. But I kind of don't. I, I'm kind of thinking he's not the right fit for it. Was um, he in the first movie? Because I'm not see- seeing him in the cast list. Oh, am I? Am I just? He's in later movies. I know that. You know what? I think he might not be. I'm How looking... about instead we cast Tackle? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Um. So for Tackle, um, I say let's use. Oh, I'm trying to think. Fuck. If he wouldn't have have died, I would have said Bill Paxton. Oh, he would have been a good one. Would have been great. Let's just use Bill Pullman instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're basically interchangeable. Yeah. So, uh, no, he's way aged. What about out Greg of that Kinnear? Role. That'd be great. Greg Kinnear, could yeah, but do he's it. too. He's still too old. Yeah, he would. We're, more, sh- we're casting he, this like he this would is more, be an elderly police. Academy. He would more likely be the commander. Greg yeah. Kinnear is the yeah. commander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So okay. Well, who are we thinking then? For... Well, maybe that's. Let's just leave it at that. We'll okay. leave the co- commander as Greg Kinnear. I like it. There we go. So let's run back through it real quick. So it's an indie coming of age drama. Not really dra- coming of age because all these yeah, characters are definitely an, of an age. indie. 
character focused police academy character movie driven police taking academy. place solely in the yeah. police academy starring Brie Larson, Miles Teller, Idris Elba and Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx and, and then Greg, Greg Kinnear, Kinnear as the commander. Right. I like it. I would I watch like that it. movie. I would too. Solid. Boom. Boom. First right. question answered. I love it. Now what's the second question? All right, next one. Now this person did not want to use their handle. So this is from Janice K. Janice K asked, now this is a Disney related question, so I'm pretty excited about this one. Are you ready? Um, question is, does Pinocchio continue to grow up after he becomes a real boy or is he just stuck at that age forever? That's a good question. Honestly, my thought has always been that he, at that point in time, became a real boy in every sense right. of the word. So that he continued to age with Geppetto. Okay. That's how I've always believed it. I've never really thought too deep about it. That's what that's, I'm saying. That's why yeah. Janice K is a solid, solid question. That's, that's where I stand. I think Janice, Janice, I think he ages after he becomes a real boy. All right. So, definitively, you've heard it. Question is answered for all time here on High Five. Uh, I mean, do you agree? Yeah. Okay. But no, I mean, it's whatever we say it is. Right. Yeah. So, definitively, we can make those choices at the Walt Disney Company level. Pinocchio, once he becomes a real boy, ages. Awesome. Um, I like that question. Yeah, me too. Um, the next one is sort of a hypothetical as well. Okay. But it is uh, it is from Instagram, Brian B. Okay. At Instagram. Um, and his question is, what do you think is in Marcellus Wallace's briefcase in Pulp Fiction? Oh, uh, it's one of my favorite hypothetical questions. So I want you to answer first because I answered the last one. Um, I think it is whatever you want it to be. I think Ooh, you're getting I deep think in the case is whatever the character needs to see. So like it's whatever, a magic case? I think it's I do. I think it's whatever makes that like whatever you desire is in that case. And that's why Marcellus wants that so badly is because he wants to know what's in the case. For him? For him. I think he thinks it's either, you know, now there's there was always that theory going around because he had the bandaid on the back of his neck that it was his soul. Because right. There's some some uh, religions that believe that the soul can be removed for the back of the neck, um, and when he opens the case, it glows. Right. Like you see that light. Um, I'm of the I am of the ilk that I think that it it's a magic case, and I think it holds whatever whatever the person needs to see. I like that. I really like that. I've always just thought it was a really special drug. Okay. So, that but one. I like yours a lot better. Yeah. Like I like like it was backlit vials of heroin or something. Right. Like, whatever. Uh, or blue meth. Yeah. But they glowed yellow for some reason. But I like your answer better. Yeah. So let's go with your answer. All right. Cool. That so is that's is, the definitive answer. It is a magic case <clears throat> that holds whatever whatever you're seeking. Yeah. Is in that case. It's like the Harry Potter mirror, but in a briefcase. That's it. And you actually get it. Yep. Cool. All, All right. right. Next question. Next up. Now this one said we could share their handle. And so this is, fuck this. This is <laughs> Transformer Fan eighty <laughs> six. Fuck this question already, Transformer Fan. All right, so uh, let's see here. Oh, hmm. interesting question though. I'll take it. Um, in the movie Castaway, this uh-huh. is another hypothetical. We're just full of hypotheticals. Yeah. Uh, this one says in the movie Castaway. You never get to see what's in the FedEx box that's delivered at the end of the movie. That's true. What do we think is in the oh, FedEx man. box? I 
there's I have two trains of thoughts on this. I kind of want it to be something important, so it almost mattered uh-huh. what happened. But then part of me, I just want it to be super trivial. I like I'm of the ilk. I'm I'm glad you it's said that. Super trivial. I was gonna say, yeah, that it's something that just really doesn't matter. But yeah. Tom Hanks's character used that as a motivation. Like, okay, once I get off the island, like I'm, I'm gonna this. deliver this package. Even though it's you know a yeah. pack of gum, or I really, whatever. I really want to believe it was just someone returning someone else's spatula. Right, it's like Margaret's spatula, and that's, <laughs> that's it. That's what I. And ca- it's just like, you know what? That's what it is. It's Margaret's spatula. Boom. End of conversation. Yeah. I so is it. that our five by five? No, we've got one more. Okay. Um. So this one uh is didn't want it to be shared. So Candace S. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, hers is in Toy Story. Buzz Lightyear doesn't believe he's a toy. But he freezes around people anyway. Why? Hmm. So, uh, any thoughts on that? I'm gonna. I think say... that's a that's another one of those kind of hypotheticals. I think it's peer pressure. Yeah, <laughs> everybody else freezes. Um. Yep. Yeah. I'm. Well, either that or he has a weird form of agoraphobia. <laughs> What if, I mean, okay, let's get deep on that one. What if there is some magical element to it where toys automatically can't, yeah, can't move when people are So around. it's just like in involuntary, they become right. static so figures. they rush to get back to where they were so that Because humans, they know if they get caught, like you're fucked. Because right. you're, you're, going, you're going to lose all control of your bodily functions. Right. Wherever you are. And... But if things are constantly being moved around, humans get curious, throw away toys, move because they think they're being robbed. That theory does not hold up, unfortunately, oh, it doesn't? due to the entire ending of Toy Story, because they all come to life with Sid and oh, torture right. him into insanity. Oh, my God. You're right. You're totally right. right. I can't believe I forgot that, that huge plot point. So, no, it's not that. So he doesn't freeze because of magic. I'm going back to peer pressure. So you just think because he sees everyone else doing it, he's just like, oh, I guess I should also freeze. Exactly. I'm freezing. Like, have you ever seen those videos? Okay, there was, I saw one where they were in a, it was a fake doctor's office, but there was one person who wasn't in on the joke. Uh And basically every time the phone would ring, everyone would stand up and then sit down. And so she started to stand up and then sit down. And then one by one, they pulled people away. And so it was only her left, and she would still and she would do it do by it. herself. And then they sent in new people that weren't a part of the plan, and then she trained them to, to stand do it up. As well. Yeah. Hilarious. So if you see a group of people in an environment you're not familiar with doing something that seems normal to them, your natural inclination is to do it because you either don't want to appear abnormal or you think that there's a reason for it. I'm 100 percent on board with so that. So peer pressure is. The I agree. Answer. Peer pressure. Boom. I love it. And it's backed by science. There you go. Hashtag high five science. High five science. Uh, so that's it, man. That's I the love end it. of this other stuff, too. This was another stuff, too, full of tears and full of laughter. Michael Bay puns. Full of uh, hating on Mark Wahlberg. and For no reason. Talking about our childhoods. For for right reason. Um, but it's also about a summer full of fantastic Fantastic films. Now, summer of '89. If you were listening and we didn't mention one of your favorites, and you know it came out in the summer of '89, message us. Shoot it out on Twitter. We're at High the Number Five the Podcast. Uh, message us on Facebook. You can search our name, High Five the Podcast. Hit us or, up on Instagram. Yeah, or go to uh, just our website, www.highfivethepodcast.com. All of these, except for the Twitter handle, all letters, 
no numbers. And so post your favorite movies from 1989 there. Leave us a comment. Um, be sure to ask questions to us so we can answer them on the air at the hashtag ask high five. Also, don't forget, if you're listening to us via iTunes, via Stitcher, via Google Play Music, please rate and review our show. It helps us a whole bunch. You may not think it matters, but those reviews and rates really it do matters matter. to us. It does. It feels good in our articles. <laughs> So that's it. That's I guess it. we'll go ahead and leave. I think they're going to come in and um, sweep the floor for hey, popcorn and jizz. Do you think if we um, if we just quickly walk into the theater next door that we could catch whatever's playing there? I think it's 47 meters down. We should totally do it. Ooh, let's go right now. Yeah.